Shirley, what are you writing now? A little novella. I'm calling none of your goddamn business. <laughs> well, you were invited to stay here for a few days until we can find a place. Shirley has these bouts. She's gone sick in the head. I read your story. What are you doing in here? It made me feel thrillingly horrible. Do you know what it's like to have a secret? Good evening and welcome to the opening night of the inaugural Step and Repeat Film Festival. I am Andrew and I am joined here today by Matt. Hello. And we are your masters of ceremonies for this month-long event to honor cinema. Uh, for those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a weekly movies and award show podcast. And uh, amidst the coronavirus outbreak, we had to get a little creative in ways to bring you new episodes because the movie theaters are closed. Uh, and we just came off an eight-week run of Listener's Choice episodes. And now for the month of June, we decided to do something a little different. Uh, so we're covering all new movies and giving them a virtual world premiere, so to speak the way that an in-person film festival would be held. So our episodes airing are kind of like the Q&As after a premiere where the audience shares its thoughts and discusses the movie. And we're gonna have special events too uh, with uh, some voting and winners of the film festival and the movies that we cover and uh, just like all the other luxuries that a regular film festival uh, would offer. And uh, now we're being launched off with our first film, the world premiere of the, in the Step and Repeat Film Festival of the movie Shirley, whose trailer you heard at the top of the episode. Woo! Fun times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of excited. It's like, a a new sort of venture that we're getting ourselves into. I know. I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on this movie. Same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm excited to talk about like new movies <laughs> again. Yeah. <laughs> I liked our. I liked what we did with the, um, our our little eight week experiment. But I'm 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 ready for new material. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. though some of that was new material to me. No. The the good thing about the pandemic pick of the week was that we got to see movies in a different light. And yeah. now I like the like freshness of new movies. Uh, I kind of like think about it like a little bit more and take in what I experienced, so to speak. But I'm still yeah. watching a bunch of old movies. Like I'm still in quarantine, so <laughs> so which so. ones? Um, well, well, yeah. Well, before we check in on in on Shirley, I think it would be kind of glib of us if we didn't uh, address <laughs> the state of the world, so to speak. Yeah, it's uh, been quite the week, so. Yeah, so um, even amidst all this uh, coronavirus, there's obviously protests all across the country of the killing of George Floyd and police brutality that have taken over all cities so uh and obviously we're a movies and award show podcast 
but uh, there have been plenty of movies that have kind of tackled the subject too and yeah. all that film and television play this whole thing is sort of interesting minor uh role in and all I'd say. yeah i don't want to um like i don't want to sound intensive and i don't think i'm going to but in all these riots i kind of like am taken back to a lot of cinema that does deal with this issue um i mean obviously the most not obviously but the most recent movie i can think of with everything going on in the world is black Klansman, and it just like automatically takes me back to like or like really any of spike lee's movies and how his commentary on how black people are treated in america and the society so i think he i think spike lee just delivers a one-two punch in anything uh you watch and you know going back to all the way back to uh, even do the right thing. And um, yeah, I think I think Spike Lee's movies speak volume. And I think a lot of people can get a can get a good sense of what like where we are today. And like what he was trying to say. And I, I also thought of like some like, not riot, like, yeah, like riot and protest movies, like, I don't know, like Detroit, Catherine Bigelow's Detroit. It wasn't a very good movie. <laughs> but um, I think it, it, it definitely captured what those riots were like back in the back in the nineties. Um, it was the nineties, right? Detroit, the Detroit riots. No, I think the Detroit ones. The eighties. I thought it was the sixties, but I haven't seen the movie, so I can't speak to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. It was earlier. So uh, yeah, that was another another good one to watch. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it's just it's terrible what's going on right now. But it, it's nice to see that part of this country is is coming together over this and. You know, I, I mean, my heart is with the protesters and I am, you know, I, I know you and I, I don't want to speak for you, but we are, <laughs> we are with you. We are, uh, we are allies with um, Black community and Black Lives Matter. And, you know, your cause is our cause and we stand with you in everything you do, so. Yeah, it's, I, it's interesting because I had never seen the movie Do the Right Thing before and a wrong that I corrected this week <laughs> and it's not a, it's not a wrong yeah by any means uh, no I, you mean, hadn't seen it. I, I I think it's something that people should have seen yeah uh, especially as somebody who loves film uh and I loved it I thought it was fantastic and it's certainly the movie that I think represents everything that's going on right now, which is terrifying because it's 31 years old. And- I know, yeah, that's- um, <laughs> So that was like a huge wake up calls, not the, even the right word, but depressing sort of state mm -hmm. of affairs. And I implore anyone to seek out do the right thing if they're trying to understand a little bit more about what's going on right now i think do the right thing is a good movie to do that i would say black Klansman too i think black Klansman comes from an interesting perspective right now because a lot of black Klansman is about compromise between uh progressive groups and law enforcement uh, versus a common enemy, uh, the KKK. So it's, that certainly can, I think, speak to a lot of 
the protest situation right now, albeit in a different manner. But I think either or both of those films would be good extra credit for our next episode, which we'll save till the end. But the reveal. And I um, am also going to make an effort to kind of like watch some other movies, primarily from Black filmmakers and a lot of movies that have to do with racial injustice and police brutality. But I think some movies are better than others uh, in this regard. Like right now, the top, one of the top movies on Netflix is The Help, which is a good movie, but not a movie for textbook reasons to to understand racial injustice it's it's kind of it's a sort of white savior narrative yeah yeah i was gonna say i don't think it's the best black lives it's a good movie but it's not the best movie for the black lives matter movement because it's got the white savior complex to it but uh anyway um so i just it's like i know netflix is only one barometer of the movies uh, that people are watching, but it's a pretty big one. And so it's like kind of sad that that is the movie that like people are seeking out more than other movies that are available on Netflix, like 13th from Ava DuVernay uh, or When They See Us, the miniseries. So it's like, let's go for that. That's the movie that people are seeking out themselves. I know um, right now, What's that movie that's streaming for free um, with Michael B. Jordan? Just Mercy. Just Mercy, yes. Yeah. So I, I know when it, it, it came out in theaters, it didn't get a lot of attention, um, but now it's getting, now it's obviously getting a lot of attention. Um, and it's definitely, it's a movie on my list that I want to check out because it's, it's, it is streaming and I guess I just want to see what it is. Um, I know nothing about it, so. Yeah, um, for our listeners' pleasure, uh, the, uh, <laughs> Um, the Warner Brothers uh, studio uh, decided to release the movie Just Mercy, starring uh, Michael B. Jordan, Brie Larson, and Jamie Foxx for free for the entire month of June, uh, which is a um, true story uh, of a lawyer who defends, I believe, a um, wrongfully convicted um murderer, where I guess he wasn't a murderer if he wrongfully convicted, but uh, some, uh, a man who was wrongfully convicted, convicted, uh, played by Jamie Foxx, and um, kind of talks about the injustices of the criminal justice system. So uh, it's available uh, now for free uh, for till the end of June. So um, I also am gonna watch that uh, since it is free. Yeah. Uh, and I think that would be a good um, opportunity. And yeah. studios and uh, places are doing this too. Like the Criterion Channel just opened up a lot of their library uh, for uh, movies uh, made by black filmmakers, which I think is awesome. And I think other, other outlets should do the same. USA Today just put out an article uh, a couple days ago. Uh, called So You Want to Learn About Racism in America, stream these 20 compelling movies for free, 20 uh, movies and TV shows for free. Um, and it's, it's 20, it's, you know, 20 movies and TV shows that um, really deal with racism in the society. Uh, some on the list are Fruitvale Station, another one with Michael B. Jordan, um, 
Moonlight with Academy Award winner, uh, Best Picture and Academy Awards uh, Supporting Actor, Mahershala Ali. Um, Get Out is on the list. Uh, you mentioned 13th, The Hate You Give, and so on and so forth. So we'll, I can um, post that in the link dump when we post the podcast. Um, but it's, yeah. a good, it's a good list that, that I think everyone should check out. And I just, I hope that this is not, this month and these protests aren't the end of the race conversation in the United States, that this is just the beginning. Because I feel like, yes, well now we have access to all these movies, like all these uh, movies about racism and, and racism in, in this country um, and the history of black America. It's not, they're not readily available all year round. Like, yes, you might get some like over Black History Month, but it's not, I feel like these kind of movies aren't given the spotlight that they deserve only, you know, maybe come like Oscar time or something like that. But I just hope this is not the end of the conversation. Yeah. Um, and the last thing that I'll kind of say to that point is that in like some regards, like, yes, it's good to be watching these movies about racial injustice right now, but that's not the only type of movie that like black people make, right? <laughs> so Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so the the larger argument to be made here is like just watch movies that are made by black people. Like end of story. Yeah. So, yeah. Um and give them more opportunities to make those movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, like black people don't just make movies about black people for black people, you know, they're black people make movies for people, not just for black people. And it's it's um it's it's the theme of inclusion. It's you know, it's not just it goes back to the the debate of the Oscars, like, you know, like Lupita Nyong'o wins an Academy Award for playing a slave. Um, and it's not like black people deserve to win Academy Awards for playing other roles than just black people. Um, so. It's about black voices being heard. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, spoken by two white men. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more next week. I don't want to like completely cut off the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the whole point is that we should be talking about this more. So, yep. Uh, but we at least wanted to um, address it. Know that our thoughts are with everyone right now and uh, affected. Even though it's, um, we can only talk about it from a movie sort of perspective. Uh, all right. So, all right. Shall we talk about the whitest movie ever? <laughs> That's completely switching gears. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, surely. Sure. Uh, surely, uh, with those of you who are unfamiliar, is the brand new release from. Neon, now streaming on Hulu for free or available to rent, is stars Elizabeth Moss as Shirley Jackson and also starring Odessa Young, Michael Stuhlbarg, and Logan Lerman. Spotting some white hairs there. I know, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was like dye or all natural. Um, uh, it's au natural. I've seen pictures on Twitter. So. Really? Logan Lerman is, was like perpetually 16 for about 10 years. So like now that he's pushing 30, <laughs> he looks like he's like 20, 
24. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when he gets to be 60, he'll look like he's, you know, 36. I know. He's going to be such a hot dad. It's going to be great. Um, but he, um, I actually like that he's like finally getting out of his like 16 year old phase because he literally was playing 16 year olds forever. So, but he is your kind of like standard white boy of the week. <laughs> well, and this week he is the white boy of the week. So, is that, <laughs> is that our new segment, White Boy of the Week? <laughs> the sad part is, like, we could make that into a segment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, Logan Lorman's like a supporting role. Um, he is a role, but a supporting role nonetheless. This movie's all about Shirley Jackson. So, mm, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. She's one of the main characters. Yeah. Um, should, should we do synopses? Ten words or fewer? Yeah, it's your turn. You go. Ah, <laughs> I know I say this every week, but I <laughs> still am unprepared. I'm not prepared. To do this? I First time in a while I'm not prepared. Okay, here we go. Off, this is just off the top of my head. Mad writer takes liking to newly wedded mom-to-be. It's mine. Okay, all right. That's... Unless mom-to-be, would that be one, maybe? Uh, I think that's got hyphenated. Hyphenated, yeah. Mom-to-be, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Mine is horror writer inspired by a young couple End. I don't know. But we, okay, so, spoiler warning. Um, Oops. <laughs> um, let's come back, let's come back to the spoilers. We'll do like a sort of like spoiler, quick spoiler segment. Every week, every week, I spoil it before the spoiler warning. <laughs> well, like, so bad. <laughs> well, now it's a big deal because it's like these are new. I know, movies. I know. Like not as big of a deal for our older movies because they had time to watch those uh, years and years. But we can bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Shirley Shirley Jackson. It's a. I think the um, the more sort of like traditional synopsis is that there is a young couple uh, played by um, Odessa Young and Logan Lerman who move in with Shirley Jackson and more specifically her husband Stanley Hyman played by Michael Stuhlbarg because Stanley is a professor at the college that Logan Lerman uh, is going to be teaching at so or at least like assistant professor so so that's the reason like why they're moving in and then Shirley Jackson and Rose Nemzer, played by Odessa Young, um, kind of develop a friendship, I guess you could call it, question mark? Um, Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, a a relationship, so to speak. They they take a liking to each other, kind of like what I said, and they um, have like interactions as Shirley Jackson is writing uh, one of her novels, um, uh, the 1951 novel Hangsman, 
Um, is that what it is? Yeah. So I was trying to figure out. Well, they they say it in the in the movie. Did I miss it? Where where did they say it? I think it was at dinner one night where she's like, I decided. She tells her husband like, I decided on a title. It's Hangsman. Oh, I that totally went over my head. Yeah. Well, it's like funny because Hangsman's like not one of Shirley Jackson's like yeah one works uh well see like i guess i was confused the whole time because i was trying to figure out what year is this what year is this taking place and what book is she writing because for the life of me i just i was trying to convince myself that she was writing haunting a hill house because that was like one of her last books um but i'm like why what because i guess that's like that in the lottery is the only one i know of, of hers um but i'm like how is she getting inspiration to write haunting a hill house with this um but that's good to know so <laughs> Yeah. Um, so best to my knowledge, this takes place in late 40s, early 50s, because Hangsman yeah. was published in 1951. And um, the lottery, which you see Rose reading at the very beginning, yeah. story um, by Charlie Jackson, was published in 1948. So has to take place somewhere in between those two. Have you, have you read the lottery or any of Charlie Jackson's works? I was in the lottery. Whoa, were you stoned to death? Spoiler alert. Uh, I was, I was the character who was getting stoned, yes. Um, well, I know like the mom gets stoned. I can't remember how, if any, how many people get stoned in the lottery, but I know um, it's like a big thing. Is only one person selected as a lottery? Winner? I can't remember, it's been a long time. That was, it was like, sophomore junior of high school i did this it was like a sideshow it was a play and i was like one of the lead characters who ends up getting stoned in the end they made and like I, an entire play out of yeah wow yeah it's it's a short play but it's a play so and i know there i know there was talk of a movie um a full-length movie for the lottery but that'd be that'd be interesting uh i don't i don't mean oh there goes that word again i hate that it goes that Interesting? Yeah, like, because, like, what does interesting mean? Interesting. All right, well, why don't you just stick to lugubrious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's a specific word. It, that is a specific word. word. And because I was kind of using interesting in a negative term here, like, I, to be honest, I don't think a lottery movie would work. Because the whole point of the lottery is the ending. And the ending's, like, so horrifying. And, like, really cool. I remember, like, loving the ending. I was such a weird kid. I had weird tastes. Um, but uh, and the fact that so many people already know the ending to the lottery, that, um, that I think that would, like, spoil a lot. So then, in order to make it work, you would have to make, like, a really good character study. But, like if you're only doing this for the purposes of the characters, then like, why not just make a movie unrelated to the lottery? Anyway, that, that's my knee-jerk reaction to a movie about the lottery being made. I think, I think it could work. There's, there's been a lot weirder that, out there, a lot weirder that have worked, so. Well, we never said it had to be good. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, so yeah, but um, so the lottery had been published at like this point in the movie. Yeah. And uh, so we go there, but 
haven't like talked about like your thoughts. What did you think? The lot or not the lottery? Surely the movie. Hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I don't know if I liked it more because of Elizabeth Moss or because of the deep dive into the character of Shirley Jackson. So it's really twofold. Two two big reasons I like the movie is one, the character, and two, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Moss. So I guess the first is, I thought, like, I think, let me talk about Elizabeth Moss first. So one, I think, like, Elizabeth Moss can do no wrong. I think she is one of the greatest actresses uh, working today. And I really would like to see her name uh, listed for an Oscar nomination this year. Um, I thought her performance in this and The Invisible Man were just both out of this world. Um, I think Elizabeth Moss is one of those actresses who can, who just gets so deep into a character and just doesn't like doesn't leave, and you have no choice but to believe it. Um, like you see, like it's one of those it's one of those performances where it's like you do not see Elizabeth Moss at all. Elizabeth Moss at all. It's that is Shirley Jackson, um, and I think very Moss few actors. In the character. Yeah, I think very few actors can do that, um, have the ability to do that. I think it was very clear that she did her research. I think the character of Shirley Jackson, the person is such a complicated role to play because of the, all the mental imbalances in her head and the pressures, the outside pressures she had to deal with. Um, I'm not, I, this is not, this movie is loosely based off reality, correct? It's not, this This actually this is, did not take place, right? This is like pure fiction. This is pure fiction, yes. It's so, like, yeah, it's it's just interesting because like Shirley Jackson and her husband were real people and I really did live in Vermont like at the yeah. time, but, and her husband was a professor, but there's, they didn't like rear, look after these like, young newlyweds for a year <laughs> type of thing and yeah. the real shirley jackson had kids at this point too so she wasn't like so it's like they take like very creative liberties and the movie is based off a novel so it's not like it's from the get-go it is like a fictionalized version it's like yeah. i'm hesitant to call it a biopic in some standards i think it, i would consider it part biopic because because of the character study into Shirley. Yeah, it's not a this this movie it's is not a traditional biopic. Yeah, this I I like this is one of those movies where it's like it's this is not a story. <laughs> it's this is not a story for the this is not a movie for the plot line. It's it's a it's a movie to to understand the the mind of of this. I kind of like this this. Though. Sorry, I like the plot actually. Um, this, yeah, I, I thought the plot was a little weak, but so this is like this is what one thing we want to address is that the protagonist of the story is not Shirley Jackson. It is Rose, played by Odessa Young. So she's the one who goes through like the biggest character arc, probably has the most screen time. I would say. Oh, yeah. I think it's it is a co lead situation where she and Shirley are like the two biggest characters. But um, like the story is really about Rose and like the relationship that is formed with her and how she progresses with her like relationship with her husband who's like 
her husband, Logan Lerman, who's like kind of shady. So um, it's like, and she has like a big moment at the end. So she drives a lot of the plot. Like, yes, Shirley is writing something in the back, like also at the same time. But like, that's why it's very much like a fictionalized version because this like fictionalized character is driving the entire story <laughs> instead of like Shirley Jackson, so. Yeah, so I, I do agree with you in a sense that it is a kind of a co-lead thing, but you can also see it as where this fictionalized character rose. Y yes, she is driving the plot, but it, she is also the catalyst for change in Shirley's life and getting Shirley back on her feet for the for for the better uh, health wise, so so I like you can see it like it's 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 twofold. It's yes, it's one path where Rose, where it's how how Rose and her relationship with with Shirley and her husband, um, but it's also about a movie about Shirley and her relationship with her husband and uh, Rose. So you kind of see yeah. how both like it's an ensemble. It's balanced there. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a balance there between two characters. So. I, I'm not, I just I'm not sure if I if I saw the whole movie from Rose's point of view. I kind of went in with. Yeah, I was I was like very surprised because I was like I thought this was almost all going to be about Shirley, and I thought the couple was going to be minor characters. Minor characters, yeah. yeah. So I was not expecting um, Rose to like have most of the screen time. So that was. Um, subverting expectations, so to speak. But I didn't know it was like based on the novel anyway, so that's kind of where my thought process. Yeah, I, I had no idea it was based on a novel. I'm, I'm actually curious to, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if, how many parallels there were with the novel. Um, yeah, so. I'm probably not gonna read it. Um, oh, neither am I. I just, I just like, like I'll probably Wikipedia it. <laughs> The uh, screenplay is quite good. The uh, there are so many good one-liners in this. It's it's like really biting and really funny. I was like writing down a bunch of like the one-liners that I certainly want to use in um, in everyday life. Uh, yeah, um, I I had never heard of the writer Sarah Govins. Yeah, she worked on TV. She worked on the TV shows I Love Dick and Better Things. Um, oh, okay, yeah. But this is her first movie. So, uh, and the dialogue is really, really good. Uh, so I'm very uh, excited to see what she does next. You know who has some of the best one-liners is um, Michael Stolberg's character? Uh, I think Shirley has the best one by <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my favorite. I didn't write any down, but I thought he had some great lines. Um, so the first one that I wrote down, this is the first note I took of the whole movie, was a clean house is a sign of mental inferiority. <laughs> uh, and my favorite was probably our agreement uh, didn't include in sluts interrupting me during dinner. Yeah, those uh, are great. So I, I need to go back and watch again and, get, and write down um, some of Michael Stolberg's lines. Michael Stolberg's a creep. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, this is like such an interesting turn for Michael Stolberg, who we haven't seen on screen in three years, by the way. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, he had the 2017 Best Picture trifecta of Call Me By Your Name, Shape of Water, and The Post. And I find it, like, very interesting here that he's playing a professor who's, like, taking in uh, a young student to, like, live with him, uh, which is, like, very much the plot of Call Me By Your Name, <laughs> except in Call Me... No, that, that is the plot of Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> uh, he's, like, loving in Call Me By Your Name, like, a great, warm person, and he's a total dick, like, entitled, <laughs> uh, stereo, not even stereotypical, typical man from that, that era. <laughs> at this yeah. Time. So, uh... I like thought that was like a an interesting sort of mirror. It's like the the alternate reality version of his character from Call You by Your Name. Yeah, and he was like, I hate I hate to say this, but he was like the only one that could like bring in the reins with Shirley, and like he like she would listen to every one of his commands, but like that was the only person that she would listen to. Um, I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, they until, had, like, a weird relationship. It was a very odd relationship, yeah. Well, like, the real-life version is, like, also really weird, too. Yeah. They definitely, it was about time someone made a Shirley Jackson movie, because, like, even if you go on Shirley Jackson's Wikipedia page, you see, like, how, what a, what a life she led. Um, they, like, they had an open relationship, which is made kind of clear in the movie like you just at least know that um stanley michael stoberg is like an asshole a philanderer and he flirts with rose the whole movie which is creepy and weird uh but um they had an open relationship and shirley jackson in real life like objected to this open relationship but they like went on with it anyway, which was basically something I'm sure that Stanley just saw as carte blanche to sleep with whomever he wanted. Oh, here we go. Here we go. No, but like, he What did. is carte blanche? Carte blanche? Yes. Blank check. Never heard of it. You've never heard of carte blanche? No, I've never heard of carte blanche. It's not, there's no T at the end. It's like carte blanche. Okay, well, French. this is... This is your vocabulary. Never, I, okay, I can forgive you for a lugubrious, but you should <laughs> Nope, never. Wow. Wow. Well, How do you spell it? C-A-R-T-E space B-L-B-L-A-N-C-H-E. Nope, never heard of it. <laughs> oh my In god. My, vo my vocabulary lesson of the week. Um, uh, well, carte blanche is, are your words of the week. Uh, All right. Well, <laughs> I've actually used lugubrious um, this week. So did you? Yay! I did. Yes, I used it. <laughs> I used it uh, talking to my boss, and he was very impressed. Whoa! Um, yes. So you used carte blanche this week. So this week I will use carte blanche. That's that's a much easier term to use than lugubrious. Lugubrious. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So all right, I will f try to fit that that in my definition or my it, liter uh, it literally language. means blank it literally means blank check oh, all right so, um learn something new every day yeah so 
Sorry, where were we? I didn't mean to cut I, us I, off. I just like talking about Michael Stormberg. And it's like, <laughs> it's like an asshole too. So is Logan Lerman. Yeah. In this movie are like awful. So yeah. There's like by, no by good design. person in this movie. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I liked any character. <laughs> well, like, so Shirley is, she's cruel, um, but she's like still a good person, I would say. Um, I think Shirley's cruel without meaning to be. No, she means to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't think she can help. Uh, for uh, spoilers, or but she withholds crucial information intentionally. Uh, oh, yeah, that scene. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, she does this, like, early on, too. She means to be cruel. So, like, early on, she suspects Rose is pregnant. And flat out just like says something to her. She's just like kind of like intentionally rude. Like outing her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she knows what she's doing. Like Shirley's like a very intelligent human being. So um, but she I don't know, she like mean I think she means well in the sense that like there's this like big scene where Shirley and Rose like run out to the woods and like bond together over uh, poisonous mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that happens. <laughs> uh, but like, she like means well. She like tries to pressure Rose to eat a poisonous mushroom, but like she's like, Rose, I like you. I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. She has like these moments, like, um, or as uh, Stanley calls them, it's like, Shirley has these bouts. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I think she like genuinely means well. Like, she withholds information until she finds it like the best time to sort of reveal it. So. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, I. Like you said, she's cruel, but I don't think she's like she says things to that are that are mean. But I, like I think she has like a good heart. Yeah, no, I agree completely. So I don't think she's a I don't think she's a cruel person. That that but yeah, I was I wanted to talk about that scene in the woods. That was like almost edge of your seat. Um, I so the scene so backing up. So so Shirley takes Rose into the woods to um, experience euphoria, if you will. And they're kind of, they're looking at mushrooms. Uh, uh, what? It's more of, it's more of a chase. It's not. Chase, yeah, risk, yeah. Into, but yeah. but she says, she says, what does she say? Like, um, like if you survive, like you've got like, like a chance of like, like dying or like having a heart, heart, heart attack if you eat this mushroom. But it, like, like if you eat it, it's like the greatest sensation or something. Um, yeah, but any, but she, she says like you'll straight up die in yeah. thirty minutes or something like that. Yeah, um, it's like Russian roulette. But anyway, I thought that was like that whole scene was kind of like, I don't, like it was like kind of a good metaphor for the movie. <laughs> um, in taking the most the most weird, the most odd things you can in life for a risk that you know you might die <laughs> and. Yeah, I thought it was just—it was a really good scene. I thought it was very powerful. And then, you know, in the end, she, in the end, she like she feeds Shirley feeds Rose the mushroom. She's like, 
She's like, I would never poison you. These are the these are the mushrooms you had at dinner. So I thought that was I thought that was a really powerful scene. I thought it was good. And I thought another uh I guess we can't talk about the ending, but I thought the ending was just so powerful and like it really moved me. I don't know how how much we can get into it without spoilers. Let's, um, no, let's um let's go into a spoiler section then. Okay. All right. So cool. Uh, uh yeah, so this is your last chance. So get out now if you don't want to know. No, the end, surely. Yeah, so, all right, so five. So the end, I, I want two. to talk about the end, too. Okay, cool. All right, so this is your spoiler section. So, <laughs> um, the end, I thought, was very, very powerful. Um, Shirley, I, I thought from the moment she, uh, I don't know how far back you want to go, but um, I always, like, knew something was up with, with Logan Lerman's character, um, but I, I thought it was, like, the interactions between um, Shirley and Rose, when Shirley tells Rose that about this, um, there's a secret society that her, that her husband's part of, and it's just like, these are just the girls, um, I don't wanna use the word, uh, but but the society's just like how the, how the students pick their teachers um, who they wanna have sex with. And then uh, when Rose finds out, she kind of goes off the deep end and, <clears throat> um, she walks to a cliff and you don't know if she's gonna jump or not. <laughs> and I thought the scene between Shirley and Rose at the cliff was another, the other most more impactful scene in, in the movie. Um, you really got like, I, th I, I felt a real sense of heart between the two of them. Like this is like, yes, they connected in the woods, but there was a deeper sense of connection um, because Shirley finally cared for someone other than herself or her husband. Um, and like, you actually felt like, you felt like Shirley, uh, opened up for the first time all movie, the entire, the entire movie. I did not like the end. It's, oh, you didn't? This is the one thing that oh, okay. I, um, that I disliked the most about the movie. Because uh, I like loved it kind of up until the end, and I think it like really ran out of steam at the end. And then it kind of like the final like five minutes or so just fell so flat for me. And it was like the only time in the whole movie that fell flat. And um, uh, that's not true. I also didn't like the narration of um, her writing the novel, but that's another issue. Um, oh, that, like, I, yeah, yeah, that I kind of, like, overlooked. Uh, but, and so I was, like, so upset that, like, it ended on, like, a downer for me, because I was, like, it, then it made me kind of sort of, like, reevaluate the whole movie. <laughs> so I think I, like, ended up not as high on it, because I didn't like the end. Um, so the reason I didn't like the end is because I think it, like, led to this, like, huge, huge climax on the cliff uh, where you'd like think maybe she's gonna jump and then that's it. It's just like nothing really happens sort of after that. They like go to the edge of the cliff and that's it. And the movie's over in like less than a couple of minutes. Um, I've like since watched the end a few times and um, I think I like the end when it's just taken in those like five minutes, but like in the context of the story, it like the momentum was building up to like something huge and it like wasn't enough for me 
for to see Rose and Fred like get in the car and then she like has this like line she's like I'm I'm not gonna be your little wifey anymore and like that is the sort of like character resolution for her I was kind of expecting something more um I think because it happened so quickly after the climax um that it just didn't like resonate and connect with me instantly so this is which is why on my first watch I was kind of disappointed but having watched the end now I like the end better knowing what's coming but I I think I was expecting way more I definitely see where you're coming from but I also I thought it was I actually thought it was a beautiful ending just because in that moment you can kind of see how the two become the two kind of switch they the two the two characters kind of um turn into who the other person didn't want to be um and it's all because of what what the men did to betray them um and i liked how I thought it was very. I thought it was a very interesting character study in, um, in how like. This betrayal ultimately leads to, madness. Um, and is this, is this the reason that 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 you know Shirley became so mad and so insane throughout the whole movie? Um, is this how she got her inspiration because of the betrayal she, she felt? Um, and where is this betrayal? Where is this deception? going to take Rose, you know, it's kind of like a open to interpretation after the movie ends, but um, how is this gonna affect Rose? Because obviously you see in the car when she's leaving in the end with her husband, um, how she has changed so much and has become so mad and angry with her husband that she's gone mad herself. Um, so I, I think it was a good, uh, point leading to a um, role reversal between the two characters um, and where Shirley actually finally became like a loving nurturing person that Rose should Rose should be and is to her daughter so um, that's just kind of how I saw it and I really I really liked it I thought it was beautiful so so like the whole movie she's Rose is craving the sort of freedom that Shirley has because she like feels as if she has like nothing to offer in the sense that like she's like automatically made into this like housemaid like not (laughs) by choice and um she just like sees the freedom that Shirley has to essentially do whatever she wants and what Shirley wants to do is like be a recluse and just stay at home the whole time, um, which also makes for a great quarantine watch. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she's just like loves her sort of independence, Shirley's independence, and that's where the like attraction sort of comes from. And like you see the whole movie kind of like building up towards that, uh, which uh, I like. Like I like the sort of premise and idea but i think it i think i think they needed like five more minutes like after the climax. 
mistakes. Um, I think it's okay. It's good. It's okay that they yeah. show, like show a jump or walking away from the cliff, but it jumps like instantly into the Damien Maw. And so I think it's like it was a third act. A whole the whole third act doesn't have a structure in itself. So 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 what like what would you do to I guess tie everything up? What what would you what would you include? I would I'm add curious. like yeah, I mean I think you need to show them walking away from the cliff, like doing something, showing like what the next sort of steps are. It's also, there's also like an interesting creative choice that Josephine Decker, the director, uh, makes where she actually kind of like flashes forward in between them on the cliff and the taxi, where you kind of like see this happen. Um, you see flashes kind of like throughout the movie. Uh, but I think you need to show like a little bit more of Rose and Shirley together before you see Rose leave. Um, especially because I think their relationship is the center piece of the movie. And the mm -hmm. most interesting, the most interesting parts of the movie are like those two together. So um, I think you just like, need to show a little bit more of them together. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> like, there is, there kind of like is no climax. Like, if the climax is her deciding to walk away from the cliff, that's fine. That's a good climax. But like, them just going to the cliff is mm. the climax. That ends up being the climax. And so mm. I feel like it's, held back a little bit too. Yeah, well to me the the whole climax was was the taxi and them leaving and her saying, you know, I'm not your little wifey anymore and how she just I cuz I feel like I feel like going into this movie Rose was looking for a sense of being cared for and like yes, someone to live with, but also someone like I felt like she, impress. yeah, she wants to impress, but I also felt like she was, she wanted Shirley to kind of be like a motherly figure who she wasn't. And she got, um, over the course of the movie, uh, Rose got hardened by that relationship. And in the end, you know, the climax is her saying like, you know, I'm not your little wife anymore. I'm not going to bow down to you anymore. Um, and, but I do agree, like it could have had a little more time. They could have adjusted it a little bit differently. Um, but I thought the ending was beautiful. Um, I like the ending in itself. I think the glue, yeah, getting to the ending, is yeah, what's missing, yeah. So, yeah. so that's why my thoughts. <laughs> that's my like, that's my biggest critique, mm -hmm. which yeah. makes me, makes me sad because I like really liked it <laughs> up, and, yeah. up until then. Um, which is why I had to go back and like watch the ending again. It was like, cause I was like, I need to like the end. I need to like get to a point. Yeah. Um, I want to say like my biggest critique and I don't usually say this and don't hate me for saying this, but I really did not like the score. I know. I, don't I thought it was really annoying. <laughs> um, I did not have thoughts on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> really, like I'm, 
indifferent. Uh, You're just like, <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. did not like the score. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I, and I thought it, yeah, I just thought it made the movie, one, I thought it was really annoying and distracting. Um, and it made, I felt like it kind of detracted and slowed down the pace a bit um, in an art, in a movie that's already like, kind of a kind of a slow watch. Um, yeah, I, that's that's just my one real critique. Um, I didn't have many other criticisms. Um, other than that, then yeah, it was it was it was a little it was a little short. It could have gone on a little longer, but 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 at the same time, <laughs> it was a slow watch. So um, with that, I'm kind of like, eh, like could they put a could they put in more? Yes, but I'm not sure how much more of this I kind of want to watch. I like like I like the premise, the idea. Um, I like the idea of like a fictionalized version of a real person. You know what I mean? Like they're not even pretending. Like I feel like there's less pandering going on. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'll tell you one thing. In a really, biopic. I'll tell you one okay. thing that really bugged me was that like um, Shirley kept like getting upset about how like fat she was or like overweight or whatever. And like, you know, she wouldn't fit in her pants. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, I know Elizabeth a... is like not overweight, but yeah. really yeah. like, I think was according to her Wikipedia page. <laughs> but yeah, like she, Elizabeth Moss looks just like her though. Otherwise, other than the like overweight thing. Elizabeth Moss looks like her with with serious makeup and hairstyling. Yeah, yeah, in, the, in this movie. I mean. Elizabeth Moss is a, is a is a I think she's a beautiful human being. Um, but yeah, she looks just like her in this movie. And I yeah, I guess Shirley Jackson she died because like supposedly she was overweight and a heavy smoker. Um, but like I did not get the sense that she was overweight at all in the movie. <laughs> so. But you get the you at least get the sense that she doesn't take care of herself. Right, right, right. Yeah. But like that has a lot to do with like the with her, I'm sure, depression. Just like staying in bed all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's like honestly relatable. But <laughs> um, right now, yeah, I find myself yeah. saying <laughs> that's why it's a great quarantine watch because yeah. like she's just in the house the whole time. Yeah. I, um, just, and I thought that was like really cool that like the house in itself is kind of like a character. So especially because Shirley Jackson went on to write The Haunting of Hill House. So like to see the house like have a sort of personality of its own and you like know every room uh, was yeah a cool addition. Yeah, I agree. So this is the first I'd seen Odessa Young and everything. I like yeah she. Uh, I kept I uh, kept seeing Felicity Jones. Uh, I think she looks just like Felicity Jones. I wonder. Um, yeah, I can see it. I'm like weirdly obsessed with Odessa Young's teeth. Like I think she just what? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a weird thing, um, but like so there are a lot of close-ups in this movie. So, uh, like, you see a lot of Odessa Young's teeth, and she has, like, very um, evenly spaced teeth. They're not, like, together, but, like, they're, 
in the space and I just like kept looking at them. And I was like kind of obsessed with it. Like I'm obsessed with Odessa Young's face. So, <laughs> you just remind me I have a desk bump tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you, you for that. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, now that dentist office will be open. No, yes. like, there are like a lot of weird things that you notice like that too. Like we notice Logan Lerman's gray hairs. And so like that's just how you can like tell the close-ups. Yeah. Because you yeah. are cognizant of these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure the shots were on purpose. Yeah, no, they are. Uh, it's a very intimate movie. It's there's only like four characters, like real <laughs> characters of consequence. So. A lot of a lot of uh, intimate scenes as well. Oh my god, the the porch bench scene. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Oh, when you said intimate, I thought that's. <laughs> I'm no, I'm thinking like <laughs> like like heavy on like Logan Lerman and. Oh yeah. Lisa. Oh my god, I like. But there's a lot of there's a lot of sex. I um, almost forgot how much sex there was. Yeah, but, but man, that relationship between, that, that sexual relationship between um, Shirley and, and Rose. Well. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I mean, like the whole movie is like, you can tell this is very much um, a movie written and directed and starring women, like for the better. Because like a lot of the movie is like how men react to women's art. Again, the irony of two men talking about this. Uh, but um, you, you see a lot of that. So um, especially if like at the end when uh, Stanley is like, I think this is your masterpiece, which again, which is why it's like Hangsman wasn't her masterpiece. So it's funny. Uh, but he's like, this is your greatest work yet. I have some notes, of course. <laughs> uh, the, so I like, liked that, but like again, because I think like Rose is the protagonist, um, I think like the movie should have ended with her. So instead of closing on Shirley. Uh, but but it, it did end on her. It ended, no, it ended on Shirley. And, and then, um, Shirley and Stanley like dance after she shows him her book on the script. Yeah, I guess like, yeah, I guess that was like the real ending. But I guess when I think of the ending, I think of it really ending on Rose. I don't think of that final scene. No. I guess the more the more impactful scene was 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 it ending on Rose? Yeah, and that was like the climax, and like that was still in a flash forward, which is like why it didn't really work for me because it flash forward to the taxi scene and then they flash back to the cliff and then you just like see like Shirley standing there. And then they have the next scene of um, Shirley talking to her husband about the book, about the manuscript, about Hangsman. So. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, okay. So I've like watched the end so many times at this point. Yeah, I've only seen the ending live. once. So. <laughs> I'll go back and rewatch. Now, now you now you've got me thinking a lot about about the ending. Now I got it. Now, yeah, I'll go back and watch like the last twenty minutes when we're done here. Yeah, like, maybe I'll have a different perspective. Yeah, and that's like the that's like my point is like I like the end, but like I don't think it like works in the whole of the movie. Like yeah. as its own part, I think it works, but like 
the beats that it takes to get to that point. Just like, don't, it's not enough for me. Not enough. <laughs> it's never enough for you. <laughs> uh, but I did like it though. Like I, I feel like I'm Stanley. It's like, it was very good. <laughs> I have some notes. <laughs> well. <laughs> that's like, that's how that's, I can sum That's up. exactly how yeah. thought. All right. Um, yeah. So I guess, is that your overall grade? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a B, B minus for me. Uh, yeah, I give it a, I give it a B plus. I give it a, a four out of five on my letterbox. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with Elizabeth Moss in uh, campaigning for award season. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Because who knows, like, who knows how award season is really going to go, period. I was, I was going to say, who knows how this is going to all pan out. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if, like, say theaters open back up. If theaters open back up and... I have a feeling that like the word about Shirley, like oh that movie that was on Hulu, but if theaters are closed or close again in like November or December, they might be coming back to it. It's like this is unprecedented, so it's like hard to say. Yep, we will. Uh, we certainly will see. So. Otherwise, like I'm more than fine with Elizabeth Moss getting a, I assume a Best Actress nomination, but who knows? They could. Like, they could campaign her in supporting, but that would be, like, really stupid considering the movie is called Shirley. <laughs> like, like, can you imagine? It's like, yeah. Jackson, the character, is a supporting role, but the movie's named after her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, there's so many movies where, like, the it's the first name of the character. They only do that for women though, which like honestly kind of bothers me. So, cause they never, only because they never do it for men. I mean, you have your Shirley's, your Harriet's, your Jackie's, your I, Tanya's, but they never do it for men. Like you never see the first name of a man being a biopic movie. So it's always like the last name, like Lincoln or Marshall. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Food for thought. Wow, that's that's deep. That's really deep. Now I'm sitting here trying to think, like, what biopics for men? Like, I mean, you're not going to name, like, a biopic after George Washington, like, George. Like, Why not? Why not? Shirley Washington Jackson is... Shirley Jackson isn't even the most famous Shirley, like, out there. Yeah, like, like when I told people I had to watch Shirley this weekend, they were like, oh, is that a movie about Shirley Temple? I was like, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you think of, like, Shirley Temple, you think of Shirley Chisholm, Shirley MacLaine. Like, she's not even top three most famous yeah. Shirley's. So, like, why not name a movie George and have it be about George Washington? Yeah, but what are you going to name it, Jackson? Sure, why not? Or Shirley Jackson. Yeah. Richard Jewell, like, I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, like, I also think it's, like, uninspired to just name movies after people. Uh, yeah, after the name. Yeah. Like, I think of, like, a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, no, like, that's a good title. So. Yeah. Good title, bad movie. No, I don't think it's, it's not a bad it's Good title, okay movie. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's more apt. <laughs> 
So, yeah. All right. So that's all. Um, yeah. Well, um, so anything else you want to say about Shirley? No, now I'm like, seriously, like I'm like in this train of thought now about like movie titles and biopics. I'm like gonna do some serious digging when we're done here. Like as yeah, soon as I hang up, I'm gonna start like looking up biopic. No, it's uh, weird titles. though. It's like, it's weird how they, how they do that, I think. Yeah, I wonder what, I wonder what the reasoning is. No, I, I think it's subconscious. I don't think people like do that. I think it's like, I, so I mean, you could make the argument that it's because like a lot of, not all, but a lot of women will take the last name of like her husband. So then like, then her last name becomes something else, so to speak. So you could argue that front, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the case with Shirley Jackson. So like her husband was Stanley Hyman and Shirley Jackson, I know, I like can't say Hyman without <laughs> thinking of other things. Um, but. I said I was gonna be a grown up every time you said that word. <laughs> but I just can't. Uh, no, it's so, I, I, I just think it's like kind of hypocritical. Like it's, it's not exactly equal. Like, right, like why not call it Jackson? I, I, just like I, pointing out the the inequalities. Yeah, this is like a very minor thing, but like it is a trend. It's a minor thing which you could write. I feel like a lengthy essay on. Yeah, sure. I'll <laughs> Go for I'll, it. I'll write a medium post. And <laughs> see if they publish. It's, it. it's a good. It's a good women's studies uh, topic. Like these are the things like I, I should have thought about back in college when I was like in my women in film class. Like these are good topics to write about. Why didn't we start a podcast back then? Uh, you know, let let me find my time machine. <laughs> back to the future, this. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've dissected um, Shirley and uh, bi biographical names a lot enough. Yeah, and if you know. If you know a lot about biopic names, please yeah. send us more information than we have. <laughs> All I have is like Wikipedia and my knowledge <laughs> of movies and dig back, which isn't that far. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm really intrigued about um, next week and where we're going with this film festival. Yeah. Our please tell me more. Uh, our next world premiere uh, is going to be the movie The Five Bloods no. on Netflix. Oh, uh, that, speak of the devil that we were just talking about, Spike Lee. Yes, yeah, that is why uh, I gave you all homework to watch <laughs> thing or and or Black Klansman. Um, because there's a new Spike Lee movie coming out. Speaking it's a Spike Lee joint. A Spike Lee joint, yeah, I know, I should have said that. I actually, <laughs> that's pretty cool that he, like... He doesn't make movies, he makes jumps. Yeah, no, it's like, it's cool to see, like, the title, like, a Spike Lee joint. It's like the same way that it'll be, like, the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. So, it's, um, it's like, very ballsy, and I think it's cool. 
And um, so, yeah, so he has his, his Vietnam War vet movie, essentially, that's premiering on Netflix on June 12th. And so we're going to cover it for our next episode. Um, I mean, we should be talking about Black filmmakers right now and Spike Lee has one coming out next week. So, uh, yeah, so the timing is impeccable. Also premiering uh, with the Stephen Peak Film Festival, uh, which means if you watch it in between the 12th, Friday the 12th, and the 14th, which is the day we'll record, send us your thoughts. Uh, email them to stepandrepeatpod at gmail.com and we'll share your review on air with the rest of us. Like, you shouldn't just have to listen to us two talk about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Want to know yours. And, like, that is the point. Like, we want to have this sort of listener experience and all the movies that we're having airing during the Step and Repeat Film Festival are available to you all. So that's why we want you to tell us more of what you think. Yes. We're being very populist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let us know what you think. And, uh, you know, reach out to us on our, uh, yeah, on email and and uh, social media pages. So, yeah, we, we would absolutely love to hear more from you. You can find us on Twitter at Repeat Step Pod and on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash step and repeat pod. Uh, and you can also find more of our reviews on Letterboxd. Um, I'm M. Grant. 1219 and Andrew is at a shine. So please spend a few seconds to rate and review us. That would be great on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. New reviews help us find new listeners. Uh, so if you drop us a review, as we've stated before, we promise to read your reviews live on the air. And if you give us five stars, uh, five star review, we will say anything that you write and it will be on the airwaves for all of history. Literally um, anything. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> so all right i guess so until next time thank you so much for listening and i think i speak for andrew when i say it's it's an honor just to be considered <laughs>